Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When I'm at work and I call my bluff and I just want to get out. 
I'm tight, am I right? I just might prepare for the drought. Let me go on. Every day I'm out on the slog. Let me go on. The hundred and one might have jobs. All right. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bitter, where I speak to bands and artists about how they get by. On today's episode, we've got the wonderful Jan Walters, who recently released his brilliant record, Wandering Rebel. It's a great afternoon pickup, perfect for some lazy afternoons, maybe a morning wake up too. He really reminds me of the Uruguayan-born Jonathan Richmond in his demeanor. He has a very sunny kind calm way about him and of course he's spent much of his life in new york city and yeah there's a there's a wonderful link to be drawn there i think he's coming to england later in the year in november he'll be playing in london at oslo and then go down to cornwall playing at the cornish bank which is a venue i've heard lots about of course lots of you aren't near those places but he might be coming towards you so check out his tour dates for that Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. This is the 230-something episode. I'm sure if you scroll down, you'll find something you might like. And cheers to 2000 Trees Festival for supporting the show. 2000 Trees is an ace independent rock festival in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London on the train. And I'm going down tomorrow. So either you're coming down already, at which I hope to see you on Friday morning at 10 a.m. when I'm doing a live episode with Prima Queen, But if you're not heading down to 2000 Trees, make sure you check it out because maybe it's one for next year. It's a great summertime hangout full of great bands. And it's a place with a great energy and spirit about it. Good community down there. All right. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Here's Jan Walters. At the beginning, I, I didn't... Uh, see music as a way of making money. I did not think of it. I, I, it was not. It was not part of the equation. But then, as it was started taking money, it's been a challenge to understand how to make money with uh, music and how to make it a uh, uh, an all around uh, uh, comfortable living situation. Yeah. You know, if I'm gonna be on tour uh, constantly and we want to provide the best show possible every night. It's important for us to rest well, so we try to get places where we could sleep comfortable, right? Or the most right. comfortable I mean, we can, depending on that particular situation. Some sometimes hotels are really expensive, and we share a bed with someone in the band, but still a bed, you know. That challenge that that you say, you know, that challenge of trying to work out, okay, how to how do I fit into this world, this industry? How comfortable at like right now today? How how comfortable do you feel? You know, establishing yourself like as as a musician, you know, who can who's making it your everyday life. I mean, you're 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 quite a few records in, and you've done some amazing things, and you've collaborated with some amazing people. Your sound is really original, and it's a really good feeling. You got a dedicated fan base. Your press is good. Mm-hmm. I mean. Does all that stuff contribute to that feeling of, you know, having a a sustainable life in music? Yeah, definitely. It's all it's always a gradual imp- there's always a gradual improvement towards a better uh, place, and it's always been like that. I'm, I'm happy to always be taking it to 
more comfortable, better situations uh, for everyone and for the music project to keep developing. I'm really happy where I'm standing today, really. Uh, mm. I could think of um, this could be doing better, but I could also be thinking this could be doing worse, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it, I'm really happy where I am because I think uh, where I am, it's a. I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair place for the group. There's reasons why I am where I am. Uh, I shouldn't be doing any better or any worse. I think. Uh, I mean, uh, things will change if they do change in whatever way they will change. You know. That's a really wonderful approach to life, and I think it's something that whether you're someone like yourself playing music or you're someone doing something completely different and working a completely different type of job. You know, I think 2020, in the 2020s, it's, it's going to be really difficult for people to have that attitude of I am where I am and this is good rather than to sort of scroll through your phone or look at adverts or go to the mall and think I need to be someone better. I need oh, to be man. someone skinnier i need to be someone bigger i need to be taller you know it's obviously that stuff's always been around in our life but i think that stuff's especially hard right now i feel like we really have to fight for that personal freedom to say i'm good right now yeah it's a it's a it's an everyday uh work activity we you have to uh, do in order for for you to be comfortable of course those feelings you just mentioned uh they do get in everyone's head because you can't help but compare yourself with whoever is above you or below you in that uh scale you just mentioned uh you know yeah let's say you want to yeah. be thinner <laughs> you will start looking at thinner people but you never look at the ones that are bigger you just think yourself better than them i guess i don't know i've thought a lot in the last you know, recently in my life, I've thought a lot about like what room to how, like what occupies, what occupies space in my mind or, you know, what I'm thinking about or like, you know, you could almost write down on a pad of paper, a list of things that you think about from brushing your teeth, going to bed as like general ideas. And I wonder what you could go back in and, and cross them out because they're just totally unhelpful. You know, they're not, they don't do anything for you. I imagine you have to fight to make sure you can spend time protecting your music, protecting yeah. your space to, so that you can spend a little bit every day working on your art, working on yarn waters. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you do have to fight. Uh, and also sometimes I let myself flow a little bit because, you know, if I do use my phone too much, let's say, and look at stupid things on the internet too much, well, perhaps I'm a reflection of whatever the world is uh, these days, you know. So mm. I do fight against it, but at the same time, I try not to be so harsh with it. I want to change it. Of course, I wish I I only looked at the phone when I really needed it, you know, mm. and not as a way to keep my mind busy only, you know. Sometimes yeah. these days... Uh, you're sitting and your your thoughts start racing and you just go and grab your phone and, and fade away into like some kind of like uh, uh, numbing uh, mind 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 state, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you... I would like to uh, not do that as much 
but at the same time i recognize that uh, i'm a person in this in this time in this world you know so it's kind of normal you mentioned earlier that new york is your your hometown i mean is that from like a, a spiritual or like a a, a, a natural a headspace point of view as well like that's where you feel like you belong yeah uh i i do actually because uh you know um i do belong also in uruguay montevideo i recently found out you know because uh well the, my family set roots in uruguay when we were kids with my brothers so the family moved to new york i mean the, the family set roots in new york when we were kids coming from uruguay so the family set in New York and lifestyle began in New York and we became a part of a neighborhood in New York. We made friends with people in New York, right? Our family set roots there and we have other family in New York also. So every time I would go to Uruguay, of course, I, I will always be Uruguay. You, take that, you can't take that away from me. I'm, I'm born there. I'm, my tradition is Uruguay, and the way I act, the way I talk is Uruguay, and I carry that in my blood, you know? That, it will never go away. But when I go back to Uruguay, I would feel like this is my birth country, my hometown. But uh, I, I, felt, I, I felt like I had to go back to New York because that's where my life was happening, right? But since COVID, I went back there and uh, I wanted to spend a long period of time in Uruguay and reconnect with with life in Uruguay. And uh, now I feel like I, and when I was in Uruguay, just to close up the thought, when I was in Uruguay up until just recently, I was thinking, oh man, maybe I don't belong in New York anymore. I was thinking, because I've been gone for about 10 months. I left for 10 months and I went back and you know, the whole community uh, around me, my whole family. Uh, I walk down the street in my neighborhood, and people say hello. You know, it's uh, I can't I can't take that out. Like they're, they're both really uh, interconnected with my life, so I can't even if I try to uh, escape from one or the other. I can't. They're the they're, they're both they they both coexist and add each other instead of one becoming the 100 and the other one becoming zero yeah. they're both 100 are there different expectations of you know what you should do with your life in uruguay compared to new york i mean growing up in london the expectations from our parents and for my siblings it was always like you know study if you can and get a job right away you know, I imagine New York is very similar, but, you know, I'm asking this specifically about, you know, making art. Are there still like the same expectations and the same like cultural allowances of that in Uruguay and New York? The thing is that I also realized when I go to Uruguay, um, people ask me like, don't you find life slower in Uruguay? And, you know, I really don't because... Uh, the pace of life is within me. It's not uh, the outside world. Like I set the pace of life. So yeah. maybe I have New York speed, and wherever New York, wherever I go, I take the New York speed. You know, and yeah. the, wherever I go, I take the Uruguayan mindset. Uh, as for es expectations, what you said, yes, my parents asked me to study. Same as 
if I if I had stayed in Uruguay, they would they wouldn't have wanted me to go to university and finish my studies. But yes, in New York is a big uh, cultural hub, and I did have opportunities to express my art uh, uh, in New York, and and then to make it out as a somewhat of a profitable business. You know, I did have those opportunities that perhaps in Uruguay it would have been a different uh, route to take to make an art project a profitable business. People still do it there. There's there's professional singers everywhere, but it would have been a, a different route to take. You know, New York is yeah. very like uh, art oriented. You know, so like the possibilities of what you can do uh, are infinite. Like uh, I'm sure there's someone blowing air into like a plastic cup. You know, and people go see him. You know. It's like the <laughs> there's there's audiences for whatever type of um, entertainment uh, entertainment or art form, yeah. Your discography, your catalog is pretty extensive, and you know the, I, the amount of years that you've put into this project has it has it been like a, a like a has it always been go time? Have you always been? Do you always feel like you've been moving forwards with it? Have you had times where it maybe stalls or maybe goes a it goes a direction where you have to pull it back from yeah definitely thank for this insightful question uh well before as a kid we were talking about the phone right before as a kid mm -hmm. you know so how i gravitate towards the phone when my mind is anxious this day before as a kid uh i would gravitate towards the guitar because there wasn't oh. cell phone accessibility as much as there is now. So I would play guitar more and I would write more songs before. Mm. But now, like since uh, music and the art projects become a lifestyle, the time when I do songwriting is uh, scheduled. Let's say, uh, mm. okay, in April, I, I write songs, okay? And and the time of the day in that April, I just I just put it to songwriting, right? And when I do sit and do songwriting up until today, I don't have a problem uh, songwriting. So it, it, the, the only difference from before until now as for songwriting is that before it was an organic uh, throughout process. I got songs throughout the years, whenever, anytime. Now mm. uh, it's compartmentalized, and and I have a, a little window in my ear, or a couple of windows throughout the year, when I do that, and that's the moment when I spit everything out. But yeah. it does come out. It does come out, no problem. Luckily, uh, I yet uh, I do have what is it called, writer's block. Yeah, but. You know, you know that famous quote from Picasso that said, "Inspiration caught me working." I think that's what it is. Right. Um, meaning that when you're work, when you're sitting, when you're sitting with the instrument in your hand or with the pen in your hand, or when you're ready to get inspiration, inspiration comes, but inspiration caught you while you're working. You know, yeah. it's not that inspiration came while you're. Sometimes inspiration comes these days, 
but I, I'm sitting in a car going to the next city to play. I, I can't whip out the guitar and, and write music there. I just I just write a little idea on my notebook. So the idea there um, is that you've got to start working before inspiration comes most of the time. Yeah, you have to be, uh, for me, it's like that. Uh, I sit, I sit and, and when I'm doing songwriting, I sit and those ideas just like uh, come because inspiration I'm I'm inspired 24/7. I lo I love looking out the window and seeing things. So mm -hmm. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. So then I, it's not that I'm writing songs all the time, but I am inspired by things. Uh, yeah. Life is yeah. life life could touch you any moment really. Have you gone through periods where you've been distracted? I imagine there's a lot in New York that you can be distracted by and you know you could probably go out seven nights a week if you if you if you like that if you wanted to have have you have you been that person have you been going out every night of the week and ever got lost in that social partying aspect of it nah, nah, yes yes not, uh, but that never took away from my uh, songwriting no uh uh I do have a social life, of course. I, I have a lot of friends I visit. And I've had times when, yeah, I, I would go out and drink and hang out. But uh, I find that those times was the were the times I wrote the most, you know? Right. I, I like this other quote I heard someone say, um, you got to leave the studio to have something to say at the studio, you know? Yeah. You got to do some living. Yeah. So it's enriching uh yeah uh no my distraction is really the music that's when i get distracted <laughs> when when i need, need something to uh be distracted with put my mind to i go towards uh music or some kind of uh i love expression luckily my parents um introduced me to that as a kid to be open to expression and and not uh, censor myself. I imagine as a songwriter that you're, you're you're always looking inside of yourself. Has that have you always been has has that always come naturally to you? Have you ever had to kind of like really if far like go into reading books or or going reading or watching films? Has has kind of looking inside yourself has that always come quite naturally to you? Do you think? Yeah. Because uh, I lived that dramatic moment I told you when my family li uh, left Uruguay to New York when I was a teen. Mm. It was very mm. traumatic. And and that's right at the same time when I was starting to play guitar. So that's a, the, the early songwriting I did was a really good uh, a tool I had to cope with those days, you know, to express my feelings of things I couldn't change in life and things that were not conversations that weren't welcomed around the house. I was able right. to express them within my music. So I think yeah. from that, those early days, I, I think I developed this, uh, way of being in touch with, uh, whatever's within and then commenting in my music. I, I look within yeah. and, and without, for me, for songwriting, and it's not one particular or the other, but um, feels like I'm quoting a lot of things today. But another <laughs> quote I really like from John Lennon I heard on an interview is someone asked him, "Why do you always write about yourself?" 
And he said, because that's the only thing I know. Mm-hmm. And you can talk about with a, uh, a property. Like, uh, no one could uh, uh, challenge you about how you feel about yourself or what you feel within. No one can challenge you about that. You're the only one that knows, really. Yeah, I think it, I think your own story can be the most interesting thing that you can offer. Yeah, exactly. Each person's, you're saying, yeah. Each person's own story is the best thing they could offer. Yeah, because each particular person has their own particular life. And for us to like want to fit in with everyone, it's uh, or see us the same. We're all the same as everyone also, but we're all particular. <laughs> yeah. And that's what gets us closer. Like when me, I appreciate artists that uh, talk about uh, something so real that I relate, you know, it touches you. It touches me. It's something that is, is it's always fascinating how the more specific a lyric often is the most universally understood. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, very well said. <laughs> Part-time jobs, 101, part-time jobs, 101, part-time jobs, 101, part-time jobs. Let's talk about jobs because, you know, I think, you know, being in like the age that we're in, you know, we, our parents uh, were very sort of focused on, you know, giving their kids a good life and a big part of that is like working, right? And studying and all of that and so the expectations that a lot of us have had in this this kind of generation or multiple generations is that you know work is really quite defining of 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 who we are and you know I say that just to sort of try and get across to you that that's why I find talking about work so interesting you know because I've I've worked like 50 jobs and you know some of them for like one week others for two years and you know they've all kind of made me who I am in in lots of ways you know they've made me what I they've made me they've really taught me what I don't like and they've taught me what I do like and they've taught me like how I want to operate in this world you know what what jobs that you what jobs that you've had in New York are the ones that have really shaped you the most do you think well my first job, uh, working at a picture frame factory. I worked there for about five years. Wow. That gave me, that gave me, I was studying at the same time. That particular job gave me, I understood and I picked up from that job that uh, the the speed, the, 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 the speed, the speed things are made, you know? How much you can make in one day. Wow. Yeah. Like the batch production kind of. Yeah. And like uh, just keep uh, keep rolling uh, and showing up on time, being a part of like a group, all that stuff and and not see it as a bad thing. I never saw it as a bad thing. You know, I was young, so I just took it in. That was a very, very important job in my life, meaning like I learned a lot from that. I also learned I didn't want to do that my whole life, as you said. (laughs) <laughs> From jobs, you learn things you like and things you don't like. Uh, another job that uh, made me uh, who I am, I worked as uh, an assistant uh, to an artist who then became one of my greatest friends. Um, we had uh, really good conversations about 
life and about art art stuff with this person mm-hmm. and uh, I did that job for about three five years also we would travel also and set up installations in Europe also that was really fun nice yeah and and also this friend of mine um, gave me an opportunity to develop my music career uh, along with this job you know they were very, they were very flexible with how uh, with with time you know uh-huh. yeah and, uh-huh. and they wanted to encourage me to continue doing my thing was that quite a professional operation traveling around Europe setting up installations and exhibitions yeah uh, it was all done under a very casual atmosphere because we were friends and all. But at the same time, uh, thousands of hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars were being handled, you know. Wow. And we were, be- we were transporting and we were making objects that cost a lot of money. <laughs> so. And you transfer that and you transport them over planes and trains oh, and no. automobiles. Like, let's say. We make them in New York. Uh, then a company that this is what they do comes, packages them, and takes them to Europe. We get there, and the boxes are there. Same box, yeah. it's over there. We unbox yeah. it with them, and then we we take it from there. Then we put them on the wall. Do you think that gave you a kind of understanding that you could have a business that you know travels and? Yeah. It, you know, there's it's art, so it's meaningful to people yeah. who are seeing it. I mean, that's quite an interesting thing to open up. That's quite a. a it, it sounds like quite a liberating job. You know, you understand that you can travel, you can make money while doing that, and you you create experiences for other people. Very much so. This 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 friend of mine uh, has been very inspiring for me to uh, understand that that you could make a living doing uh, what you do Mm. as an artist, you know? Mm. Uh, And also to be comfortable where you are. Like you could always get to somewhere better. You could, uh, you could, you could uh, shoot to become, uh, because this person also at some point shot to become a million dollar artist and they did, (laughs) you know? So, um, that also, uh, yeah. uh, but also being, being understanding that this is where you should be now and, and be comfortable with that. You know, did that artist, did they start from a fairly modest beginning? Yes. And no, cause, uh, yes, they come from a, a modest background, but also one of their parents uh, was an established American artist. So they had connections. Right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people say when they're making art is that you got to try really hard and you got to have a good amount of luck. Both. <laughs> and I think, and I someone said to me when I was a bit younger that you know you can make your own luck. You can be someone who introduces themselves, and that that's helps you have luck because then someone at this party knows who you are and of course. knows that you're a polite polite person and they know what you do have you have you kind of have you spent much time thinking about that and you know trying to give yourself the best opportunity yes and no like yes and no uh i'm always uh out in the lookout to make new 
connections and friends in the music and in the art world, in the world in general. I want to be around people that uh, we could potentially uh, help each other out, you know? Mm. Of course, in that in that way, yeah, of course I'm I'm around. And I yeah. love to get closer to people that we could, I think we could push each other up. But uh, uh, that's not all the motive. Uh, that's not the, all the motives why I get together with people. You know, like uh, that would be sickening. Yeah. I think I will. Yeah. I will become a miserable person. Well, it seems to be. I think that you've like in order to 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 do that to to connect and make you know make collaborations without you know you have to have your own seed. You have to have your own idea, your own nucleus, your own personality your own special thing that you bring to that yeah i mean people that know me they know i have that because i i love this thing and I, I don't have a problem uh providing ideas if we get together you know yeah uh yeah uh at the same time like it's not that i'm pitching myself all the time to everyone i meet you know with the collaborations there's like in hip-hop you hear a lot about people like sliding into each other's dms do a lot of the collaborations that you've done, does it come from playing live with people, supporting them or them supporting you or or friends of friends? How, like, what's what's the preferred, if you had to pick, like, a preferred way that you meet someone? Uh, well, they're all, they're, all diff they're all different, but the preferred way would be, let's say, okay, now I talk to you, right? But let's mm. say you're a musician too, right? Okay, then... This is the best preferred way, right? Just to make a scenario. Yeah. Then I'm, I walk out the street here in San Francisco. Okay, I do my show or whatever. Then, you know, one day I'm in London. I'm walking around two years down the line. and see, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I did that interview with you, the, the part-time job. Okay, hey, how are you? Huh. Good. Hey, you want to have a coffee here? Yeah, I'll sit down. Hey, I do music. Hey, do, do you want to check out my studio around the corner? Yeah. Um, hey, come record here whenever you want. Next time I'm in London, I come and we do something, you know? Very, hey, that sounds fun. Very casual like that. It sounds like we should do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but these collaborations I've made so far, well, with the first album I did, Real Life Situations, that was an album of collaborations. All those were uh, people, friends of mine that I have made through music. And, and I met them all in under different circumstances, mostly uh, sharing shows or mostly friend of a friend, developing a re yeah. like an actual relationship. Those weren't, uh, yeah. we have actually really good relationship with all those people. There's a thing about your music that it's so communal, you know, all the, all the records of yours are so, you know, they, they make me want to dance and they make me want to see friends and they make me want to go out and have a, have a fun time. You can't really have a fun time without a crew of people. It helps to have friends around. Yeah, definitely. There, there's different types of feelings also because um, sometimes it's nice and fun to be uh, introspective uh, and w drawn, drawn within, go into like mm. some inner life. But uh, yeah, um, I'm also quite quite a social person. Like I, I, I enjoy conversation. I enjoy catching up with friends. Yeah. By the way, today's my friend's birthday in Puerto Rico. I have to call her. I can't forget. 
<laughs> yeah. Second time yeah, I remember. put an alarm on your phone. Yeah, I did. That's why I, this is the second time I remember today, and I haven't called her. But <laughs> it's it's still early here. So, do you keep in touch with people? As much from, as I from can. down there. As much as I can. Uh, yeah, Puerto Rico. I haven't been to Puerto Rico since COVID. Uh, I traveling became a different thing since COVID because. Um, also, like I said, uh, mostly relocated in Uruguay. It's a little farther away from the life I had before. Puerto Rico is really close to New York. You get an airplane and you're there maybe four hours. Yeah. In Uruguay, it would be like 10 hours to Puerto Rico. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Wandering Rebels is is such a great record, and you know it is that that sound, that music that that if I've had a day where I feel a bit bleh, a bit you know oh, I don't want to I don't want to go outside, I just want to stay inside and lie down and put a cover over me. That's a good record for to be like, yeah, okay, this is good. I'm gonna go walking. I'm gonna put my shoes on, and I'm gonna feel better. Oh, that's good. Okay, so, so yeah, it, it takes a little bit of that in life, also like. Uh, to live we need that push hey you want i like to finish these interviews like i like to find out about like people's fuck-ups at their jobs like did you ever accidentally smash one of those artworks that you were going around with or did you ever make any mistakes that yeah yeah of course the one i remember the most uh one time i also worked at a restaurant I had just started working at a restaurant and dealing with customers. I've never worked, as I said before, I worked at a factory. Mm. So I never talked to mm. like customers and people that come with, uh, come to a place uh, with high expectations of how they be treated. That should, you know? Yeah. One yeah. time, one guy walked in and the restaurant, uh, for part of the time of the day, uh, People could only sit in a particular area of the place. Not everywhere, because there was just one server that was me, and mm -hmm. I couldn't have a person like you know super far away because I wasn't gonna be able to take care of them. So the person walked in and he said, uh, "Can I sit there?" And I said, "No, unfortunately, at this time of the day, uh, we only serve people in this area." Because I'm the only server yeah. and I can't afford to have people far away. And he said, why is it like that? And I said, I'm not sure. That's the way it is. That's, a, that's what he said. I didn't think, I don't know if it was bad, but I remember perfectly what I said. That's what I said. And the guy uh, went insane, went crazy <laughs> and talked to the manager. And uh, luckily the manager said, uh, well, I don't think he did anything wrong, but the guy went really crazy. He thought I was I was yeah. being an asshole to him by saying that's the way it is. No, but 
I use that simple English. Uh, like, I mean, I guess, yes, that's the, that's the way it is. I'm not sure why management decision. I, I should have said that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. You know, people people are so entitled. Yeah, in that, in that industry, it's, dif- it's difficult to treat with, uh, like, re- be around people all the time. And, yeah, people feel entitled. Like you said, it's like they're coming to, you to, a, they're coming to a place to eat and they already know how they want to be treated and, can be any other way how's the way that you react to that how do you react to someone shouting at you oh i you know uh, it's my first experience maybe today i would react differently because i'm more experienced Mm. but uh i just felt like i did something wrong i just i was just like i apologize i apologize let me get you a management you can talk to them i nah nah uh i i didn't put up a fight like because I'm also, I've also learned, but before on the street, if someone yelled at me, I would yell back and it would become like a bickering thing, like a New York street <laughs> argument. But yeah. now I learned to avoid that also. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, with experience, I learned that it's better not to let things escalate. Sometimes, sometimes people uh, could take the wrong turn. You don't know who you're talking to. Mm. This guy could be a psycho. Yeah, they could yeah. take the wrong turn, and uh, they could, you know, they could stab you. Even I'm not, I'm not up to being stabbed. So me neither. Yeah, me I neither. I wouldn't want that for anyone. <laughs> well, that bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Thank you so much, Juan. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to my chat with Jan Walters. If you like this podcast, come and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, it's at 101 Part-Time Jobs Podcast. And on Twitter, it's 101 Part-Time Pod. Feel free to subscribe to get notified for new episodes, which I'll be back for next week. Episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Next week, I'll have Ulrika Spacek, which are... um, great kind of experimental indie rock i suppose kind of sound and uh, and sprints which has got some great punk rock energy so if you like what you heard feel free to join us thanks for listening go well step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply